This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Welcome to the Ohio Department of Agriculture's brand new podcast, where we will feature ag leaders and ag topics and talk about what the industry is talking about or whatever may come up. I'm Shelby Croft, the Communications Director for ODA. Along with me is my co-host, Megan Harshberger. Hey, Shelby. Hello, everyone listening. I'm the Media Outreach Specialist for ODA and now podcast co-host, which Shelby and I are very excited about. And mm -hmm. really, since we've never done this before, I think we just want to get right into it. We thought it would be special to have our favorite boss honor us as our first guest on the show. So I would like to welcome ODA Director Dorothy Palinda. Hi, everyone. Great to be here. Thanks, Director, for coming on in this first, on our inaugural uh, podcast, <laughs> we'll call it. <laughs> now, Director, you and I frequently talk about how everything is so different from a year ago, how much has changed, but also how much ODA has adapted. Now, we can all agree 2020 was challenging, but we know ODA kept going from our labs to our inspections and so much more. Just kind of talk to us a little bit about that. I remember the day that I walked into the communications department, it was March 17th, and I said, everybody, go home. And that was the order that I gave to virtually everyone except for our labs. You know, our labs provide such a critical, vital service to the state of Ohio each and every day in testing plants and animals for diseases. We are an essential part of the food chain. And so our labs have remained open the entire time. And we're so proud of our team that works there every single day to keep Ohio safe. Uh, you know, we're entering the umpteenth month of teleworking. And I think every month is a different, you have a different perspective on it. And I think the first, when we first started on this, it was like, well, this is gonna be for a couple months. Everybody looked at the lockdown as once that's over, then we're going to all go to the state fair and we're all going to resume life as normal. At this point, I think everybody stopped holding their breath and is, has just developed a new way of dealing every day with new information. Uh, we've gone out, I, I think we've, we've evolved from crisis mode to, you know, just adaptation we've the the uh, norm now is new information this week's information was we ohio is not one of the states yet that has um has been subject to the newest strain of the coronavirus but today's news is that they're recommending everybody in the nation double mask and so as with everything um the leadership at oda is prioritizes keeping everyone who works for ODA safe and healthy. My motto has always been family comes first at the Department of Agriculture. And I mean that. And, you know, our families are struggling. We're, we're struggling as parents to homeschool our children. We're struggling with elder, elderly parents who are going through health issues. We're trying to manage all of this on top of a full-time job for most of us. So, you know, um, uh, understanding 
and empathy is critical to keeping the ODA team strong. I know. Director, how many times have we been on calls and my dog's barking in the background or my kid is <laughs> asking for a snack? <laughs> we can all relate to that. <laughs> I guess. And the most the most important word of the day is mute. <laughs> and uh, how many times have, have we all looked at the top of our screen to make sure that that X is across the microphone? But it's it's just you know, as I said, last year it was holding our breath, waiting for it to end. I think now we're we're being much more realistic that, that about the the realism of this of this virus. In the early days, masks were a rarity. Now the opposite is true. It's very rare to see someone in public without a mask, and and so think how much that we have evolved in in that sense. And director, part of what you said is a nice segue into our next question. And, you know, ODA saw a lot of change in the last year. We've had to adapt to a new normal. Um, but along with that came some some really great ideas and even a new program um, that's been revived. As you know, ODA, in partnership with uh, OSU Extension, revived the old program called Victory Gardens. So I'm hoping you can walk us through what Victory Gardens is and, you know, how this idea came to life. Early in March or April, Gary McDowell, the director of the Michigan Department of Agriculture, called me and said, would you have any interest in joining about five or six of us Midwest Ag directors for a regular conversation about what's happening in our states? We're all members of national organizations, but would it be of any help to just the five or six of us talk on a regular basis? At that time, I think we were talking once a week just how we were dealing with the coronavirus, what we were dealing with migrant issues. Commissioner Quarles from Kentucky uh, brought up in one of the meetings that Kentucky had revived the Victory Garden program in his state with great success. I got off the phone and called Ryan and said, tell me more about this. He was more than willing to share all of the details about how they started the program in Kentucky. In short, Victory Gardens was a, a project started in World War I nationally to encourage families to grow food, not only for themselves and for their individual family, but for the community and, or, and for the world as a whole. And so with Ryan's encouragement and guidance, we decided as the Department of Agriculture to explore the possibility of doing that as well. Shelby and the communications team, along with several other volunteers from the Department of Agriculture, uh, reached out to OSU for help with creating packets. They came up with a beautiful vintage logo for the, for the program. And with trepidation, we began the program and thought, well, I don't know, is, is our Ohioans going to be interested in growing gardens? We were overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with the interest and excitement, we ran out of seeds at virtually every location. And along with the individual's enthusiasm came other organizations' enthusiasm, wanting to help us make this a successful program. I think the key behind a, this, this program is anybody can be a gardener. Anybody mm -hmm. can grow a tomato. Um, it doesn't require any education, any training. Um, it can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. I mean, it, gardening is a forever um, adventure. You know, there's always something to learn to new. And just like golf, you know, a, 
disastrous season just motivates you to try even harder the next year. So right. it's great. And the other part of it is families can come together and grow a garden. Families can call grandma in Kentucky and say, grandma, tell me what you know about growing a tomato. It's a, it's a way to start a whole new conversation with family members across the, across the world. And so I think for all those reasons, it took off for great success. I'm so pleased to know that we are extending it now almost twice the size from the original 10 counties that we had. Yes, that's growing and, uh, and, and quickly it did. Yeah. And, you know, it's never ending. This year, we hope to increase the number of webinars about not only here's your seeds, but what what fertilizer issues and options do you have? What are the natural diseases for each of these plants? Do some plants grow better together with each other? Um, And the list of education that we can provide through ODA is is just endless. So I see it as a a program that perhaps began last year, but it's going to be a strong part of ODA for a long time to come. I will say Shelby and the comms team and our volunteers were um, assembly lined packaging these seeds. (laughs) It's a very tedious project, but we're very happy um, that people are using and enjoying that. It's great. And, you know, the combination of the seeds that we planted was pretty intriguing because some of them were seeds that everybody recognized. Some of them were not. And so it challenged people to say, well, why was this seed? Shelby, can you recall what was it that was kind of odd? That Buckwheat. We put buckwheat, buckwheat. in all of the packages. And I think a lot of people had never planted buckwheat. So right. <laughs> Well, and we were also limited that year by that, this first year, by the timing of when we issued the seed. So really, mm-hmm. this first, that first year was a fall planting season. Now, as we begin a whole near new year, 2021, we can consider things that can grow in other parts of the year, spring, summer, and fall. So I am so excited about it because the opportunities are just endless. And as a gardener myself, I there's just such a reward in every day seeing that little green thing get bigger and bigger. And suddenly when you first see the fruit or the vegetable emerge, um, it's, no matter how old you are, there is eternal excitement in that growth. And director, you do have a beautiful garden. I was out yeah. there uh, to shoot our video. And if anybody has any questions about Victory Gardens, they should check out our video on our social media pages <laughs> and YouTube yeah. uh, just to go watch and check it out. Yeah, it's yes. great. You know, I, I also have to say, I just can't thank Governor DeWine and the legislature enough. When we when we first were confronted with COVID-19 and the lockdown, everybody wondered what the future of our economy would be. Governor DeWine remains steadfast that, you know, agriculture is the number one industry in Ohio and that the programs that ODA is engaged in are essential. And so specifically with regard to H2 Ohio, he maintained his commitment to fund that program despite most people's presumption that it would not survive. And the legislature followed through too. And, and because of that, we now have a strong thriving program to retain nutrients and water on the land in the Maumee Basin. And this year, we'll expand that program to an additional 10 counties. 
You know, Director, actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. I mean, H2 Ohio is so big for our department. Um, and as you mentioned, Governor DeWine's major initiative to improve water quality across the state. Uh, you know, I know we personally were amazed at the remarkable interest from farmers, and that just continues. It does. And, you know, the legislature is interested in when we will begin expanding across the state. Uh, the way that the Department of Agriculture's program is designed, we have a three to five year commitment to the original producers who enrolled in the program. As we expand that program to additional counties, that same three to five year commitment for those counties will be in place. We know that it's important for producers to have a commitment for several years to, to do a certain thing, not just one year. So. Our program at the Department of Agriculture, as it relates to H2O Ohio, is, is different from anything that the other departments are doing, simply because of the long-term nature of what producers need to do in order to cause a cause a, a change in, in in that water quality. Well, I think too, when we were traveling, we traveled before the pandemic. We were in all right. the counties where those incentives were offered, and we were really um, pleasantly surprised at the turnout for all of those. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of farmers. Oh, oh, thousands. And it was just amazing. I remember one wintry day we were in Northwest Ohio and it was a blizzard. Shelby and I were there. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> there were farmers standing in the doorway in the blizzard. They wanted to hear what we had to say. Finally, I think the sheriff came out and said that we needed to close the meeting because the weather was getting really bad. Shelby and I had like a two and a half hour drive back home, but they didn't want to leave. They mm -hmm. wanted to hear what we had to say. And I'll, I'll, those scenes of those meetings will just be forever etched in my mind. And as we move across the state, we hope that through our efforts, we'll have that same kind of enthusiasm um, with producers who want to learn more about how to how to conserve water and and nutrients. Yeah, and I, I think um, another big part of this is obviously it's it's important to to improve Ohio's water quality, but also keeping farmland. Yeah, so, farmland preservation is a big thing with with the governor and with the Department of Agriculture, and it's about educating producers and families about as they look to the future and future generations. How do what's what can we do in the Department of Agriculture? to ensure that their farm stays in agriculture in perpetuity. They have lots of options and we've got a great executive director in Sarah Huffman, uh, who is you know, putting together educational seminars and once we're able to do so, traveling the state to meet in person with folks to talk about their various options for an easement uh, that would declare this property to be farmland. Director, can you just talk about the importance of, you know, keeping this program moving and its goals ahead? Well, I think the number one thing is, is educate, and, and we've been so lucky because several magazines and other social media have picked up and have asked really good questions about what is farmland preservation. But if we want, if we want agriculture to remain the number one industry in the state of Ohio, then we need to recognize that preserving farmland is, is key to that. And, and so, you know, they have various options. Farm producers, farm owners have various options. And it's our obligations, Department of Agriculture, to give them as much information as possible 
about those options so that they can sit down with their family and figure it out. The Department of Agriculture can hold an easement so that, you know, that that we play a part in making sure that that property remains in agricultural use. Right. Keeping Wonderful. farmland forever. That's right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, Director, we cannot let you go without talking about some fun things outside of work. Now, I know, but not everyone else out there knows, you're always working on a project, a craft. You are so creative. I love that about you. And one of my favorite things to hear about is your hobby that you've picked up during COVID. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. Well, I started taking cello lessons. Uh, my mother played the cello um, and it occurred to me that it was about this age that I remember her being in a community theater production of The Sound of Music where she was in the orchestra pit. So I decided that between Zoom meetings, I would challenge myself to learn the cello. I have a wonderful teacher. I was in my first recital in December. My next, my next recital is in March. And I'm going to be playing Edelweiss, Edelweiss from The Sound of Music. Oh, so, I was just going to ask if you were playing anything from the musical. Yes. You know, and, and I resisted the music, the, the recital, and she said, it's really important to have a goal to work for towards, because if you don't, then the weekly lessons just seem endless. So it's fun, and um, it's it's just it's it challenges me mentally and physically and i really really enjoy it well we've heard you play and we think you're wonderful it's, <laughs> oh, yes i also, I also love when you pop into meetings and you only have one earring because you've just been playing your cello <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't wear earrings because it it bangs against the cello against your neck so yep All so right. well yeah. we're gonna wrap things up do you have any parting thoughts director I just am so proud of the Department of Agriculture team. We have an amazing number of people who love what they do at the Department of Agriculture, and it's so obvious. Um, I'm so pleased when someone from the public or someone that we work with on a regular basis calls me and says, I just want to tell you what a great job your team member did today. And, you know, that, that says to me that we've got a great thing going and we want to do as much as we can to um, support our team to be forward thinking, to know that this this COVID will end at some point, and when it does, we are going to be ready to go. Well, Again, Director, thank you, thank you so much for for being our first guest. We are honored. And <laughs> Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> All right. This is our first one. We're kind of all right. All, but no, director, thank you so much. It was just Thanks, great. Thanks, everyone. You know, we so enjoy working with you and we so enjoy the department. And it's fun to uh, have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. So stay with us. We are going to uh, continue this podcast. We're going to tackle different ag issues, different ag topics uh, often. So we will see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.